Welcome back to Not 97, the music discovery show dedicated to covering budding talents around the world. This is season two's debut episode featuring the one and only Katie Drell, current sex and relationships editor at Glamour, formerly of Newsweek and Rolling Stone magazine. Katie brings in the Boston-based anti-folk band Bad History Month. Novelty Daughters introduced in which a classically trained jazz vocalist flourishes over industrial production. Retro soul sounds from Million Miles and Gavin Turek are discussed, as well as a low-key but alluring lyricist from Connecticut, Dezo Dave. Live from only New York, this is not a podcast, this is not a radio show, this is Not 97. Enjoy. Welcome back to the show. This is season two. This is Not 97. We back. Not a podcast. Not a radio show. Mm -mm. We are back here at Only New York in the Lower East Side. We got the normal heads around the table. Rashad the Dot Wave God. Yo. Mr. Dave Jones. Good evening. And a special guest joining us (laughs) for the first time around the table. Miss Katie Drill. She's been out here. Katie, where have you worked? We've been at Newsweek. We've been at Rolling Stone. And currently at Glamour Magazine. What do you do there? I am the sex and relationships editor. All right. Here Ready it is. Ready to get it. So here we go. First pick of season two, we've got Miss Madeline Kenny. Madeline Kenny is from Oakland. This album just came out recently. It's called Night Night at the First Landing. Madeline Kenny is signed to company record label. That is Chaz Bundick's label, a.k.a. Toro y Moi. Shout out, Chaz. Shout out, Chaz. Madeline is fairly low, about 500 on SoundCloud, 330 on Twitter. But she's making moves. This song is called Big One. Madeline Kenny. Thank you. 
So that's big one by Madeline Kenny, produced by Chaz. Ooh, yeah. okay. So, so he produced a lot of her first record as well. And she had talked about that record being kind of like very on brand for his sound. And this one, she kind of came to him and was like, I want this to be me. I want this to be my sound. And so she did almost all of the songwriting on her own and then came to him with stems and they worked together to create it. He helped build it up. Yeah. Word. I talk about lyrics a lot and that first line for me just like pulled me in. I mean, and it's goofy, but it's interesting. My other car is your face. It drives me wild to see you out again. The vocal production in general, the way she sings things and the way she and Chaz treated the vocal together is astoundingly great. I mean, her voice is excellent and really draws you in. The way they choose to kind of double vocals, especially in the chorus, like this is the big one, how that line is always double just like gives you goosebumps in the best way right when you're supposed to feel them in the, in the track. And that's me like will carry it every time. I just kind of respect that she's a neuroscientist. I am completely into people who do music and really don't need to. I think it sort of makes sense. You can hear in that song, that song sounds like falling in love, right? So she had to get it out probably. I mean, that's what's cool. The song starts where you don't know what's going to happen because that first line can be taken as a jab maybe but once the chorus really hits then it feels like falling in love and then it builds and then there's like a determination and a confidence in her voice and towards the end where she just says I know it when I see it she knows it it's the big one she's in love it's also got that kind of like uh, alt country thing that's really good. Yeah, I think I know you're talking about those kind of hot little guitar licks, yeah. especially like in the chorus too. You can kind of hear like a little bit of twang going exactly. on there, those lead lines. Yeah. She's got a very like twee vibe too. Like I don't really like that term, but What is that? To say that again? Katie? Tweet? Yeah, okay. So tweet, simple definition. See Bell and Sebastian. Like cutesy. Yeah. A little sixties, like, oh, usually okay. like winking at the sixties like, a little bit, which that does, I would say. Indie, very genuine. There was something very cinematic about that song. I could kind of hear it fronting again. It sounds like falling in love. So, Katie, what you bringing to us? This first track is by Bad History Month. They're a Boston band. Sean Bean fronts them. And uh, this is the first song they that he's released in a really long time. So everyone's really excited about it. This is Being Nothing. I think I don't 
It's a lot. <laughs> what I like about that song is that I think lyrically there's something kind of like transcendental about it. It's um, kind of glum, which is sort of their style, but it reminds me of like uh, when you're in high school and uh, you're kind of emo, or I was anyway. I don't, I'm not trying to speak for all of you, but um, I was kind of emo and I was like, no one understands me. And then you read somebody like Kurt Vonnegut and you're like, oh wait, maybe someone does understand me. And it doesn't make you less emo, but you feel a little bit more free. You have a compatriot. Exactly. Where it's like, all right, somebody got out of here. How big would you say they are in Boston right now? The fact that they're on Exploding in Sound is telling. That label has signed a lot of really influential Boston bands. They're Brooklyn-based as a label. Right now they have Grass is Green and they have Pile, which is one of my favorite bands. And they were the first label that Speedy Ortiz was ever on, I believe. Yeah, so they're really influential in the Boston scene. Bad History Month was coming up alongside a lot of those bands and playing a lot with them. And then when they started kind of getting recognition as a part of that scene around like 2013, they kind of just didn't really release anything for a while. So it's weird because I think they really don't want recognition. So sorry for recognizing you on this podcast. <laughs> right. They just want to do their thing. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely smart production and smart songwriting too because in each instance, like in the different sections, the music meets the vocal in a really great way. Where at the beginning of the song where it's much more depressing lyrically, there's that super dissonant bass line and it really makes you feel the discomfort of living through the feelings that the singer's expressing. And then at the end of it, when you get the lift and the drums come, there's that line, I could finally imagine what it is to be free. And that, that was you it. just kind of feel it. And you just that kind of feel like this, en this energy opening up in the production. It's always great when the lyrics can match it like that. Like one of the things that I appreciate with a band like that is like letting a song build. They did it so well where it starts off and it's a little more thinner production, a little more lo-fi. And then as the song goes on, as it gets, as it gets more and more developed, they let that guitar come in and get distorted. And by the end, it's just like full on weird reverb shit. I always appreciate when a band can do that and be confident in doing that. I think it's really deceptively clever production too. 
the layers are really interesting yeah. and you have to really have, if you're listening through like a laptop, you're not necessarily going to see them. You got to put your headphones on. <laughs> your over-the-ear headphones. You got to put your Master Dynamic headphones on like I have. <laughs> uh-uh. Shout out to the good folks at Master Dynamic who are, who are repping us in their office. Yeah, shout out. Rashad. What I got? What do you got? I got my boy Danny Dwyer. Lives in LA. Could be from New York. His handle has NY in it. So I'm like hoping that he's actually from New York. But um, yeah, he has like about 3,000 followers on SoundCloud. Less on Twitter. Less on Instagram, actually. Um, but it's a real jam. Here's Danny Dwyer with What You Want. I told her that she don't know what Yeah. Talk about it, Rashad. Man, my boy Danny. Hit you in the heart. Yeah. It was it was one of those things, man. It was like it was a vulnerable track. 
you know, where the lyrics is just like, you get what's going on in my life. <laughs> like you, you need you, that. You need that. That's what music's so, for. Sometimes you just got to listen right to some time, things. Right, right time, right place. I honestly was like up late trying to figure it out. It just popped up. Like the chords got me. The like fragile voice thing got me. Mm-hmm. I listened to it like four times back to back and I was like started actually listening to the lyrics and it's like, wait a minute. This is the, I know what he's talking about. And then I was like, yeah, this is the one. So that's, that's what got me. That's why I'm here fully supporting Danny. I loved it. I liked it a lot too. Yeah, I feel like you would like it, Dave. Yeah. The one thing, Rashad, I would say is I guess I probably should have listened to it four times back to back to try and pick up more of the lyrics because the vocal was pretty low and I, I was like kind of struggling to pick the, some words out. But what I did pick out, and I just want to like throw out these checklist items of things Dave loved about that song. <laughs> the trumpet during the keys solo, like just like that little bit of like, oh, oh. That was good that was good. Just, that was good trumpet. I just, that was one of the most like unabrasive trumpets I've ever heard in my no, life. No, just, beautiful, just beautiful, supportive. The violins that come in on the last chorus are magical, are so sweet he produces i loved it i loved it and obviously his ear is so attuned to r&b history that he could just kind of pick up on all these things like you know popping in a major seventh chord to get yourself out of the chorus like he just knows yeah and it's honestly like a complex emotion of a love song to the end of a love it's like a love song to moving on which is Kind of a beautiful thing, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to tap into. And it's all like a part of a mood. Like we all picked up on the same thing. So it's like together is just he successfully accomplished creating this little mood that he wanted. Katie, how would it make you feel? (laughs) For somebody less observant about music, this would be amazing to fuck to. Probably. (laughs) Danny Dwyer. Danny Dwyer. Danny Dwyer. Velvety. Extra velvety. (laughs) Extra velvet. The side of velvet. Dave. Yeah. Take us back in time. All right. So my pick this week, sure, it does sound old. This woman who releases music as Million Miles. Million Miles is actually Sophie Baudry, who, according to her website, was raised in Paris, currently lives in London, so still UK-based, and went to college at Berklee College of Music in Boston. So shout out Boston, shout out Katie. The song that we're going to listen to tonight is called Ice Cream and Cigarettes. It got a Pop Matters premiere in 26 days. It's gotten 918 plays on SoundCloud off of 61 Twitter followers, so it's still super low. I love the old-school stylings of the production. So once again, the song, Ice Cream and Cigarettes, the artist, Million Miles.
Talk that talk. Off the bat, I love throwback production like that. I love throwback production like that even more when it matches up to a singer who sounds like that. I mean, Sophie's voice is just unbelievable. It hits you the second she starts singing and sticks with you until the song's over. And it matches that production so seamlessly. Like, it doesn't seem out of place. This song and some more music that she has coming out soon was all recorded in Nashville. So, like, immediately... When I listened to it, I was like, okay, is this going to be more of a country thing? Is this going to be whatever? But to me, it's not indicative of a Nashville sound. To me, this is like Memphis. Influence from Chicago and blues and that influence from Nashville country with those guitar licks. And again, just tying it all together is Sophie's voice. You could put a dozen, two dozen other singers on this and it wouldn't sound nearly as good. The passion in her voice is incredible. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds 100% genuine and feels classic and that's kind of the throwback production i like the idea of like being kind of post motowny with the lyrics being a little more empowering yeah it feels like powerful women yeah like this song just feels like powerful women in my mind like i just see a whole like a mirage of powerful women as i listen to it can we talk about the duo of ice cream and cigarettes yeah like there has not been a more iconic duo since smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, the Otis Redding song. Oh, you like that? <laughs> it was just a beautiful ballad, you know? I just really am always about women really just showing what they're about. It's hard for a lot of women to like be on the track and honestly speak their mind. And it sounds ridiculous, but no, like when a woman is on a track and she gets to sing about what's really going on in her life, like it helps women across the world because it's like somebody you can relate to. So that's that's my stake in it all. Yeah, mine too. What I would say is that I really like her voice because you can tell she has that kind of powerhouse vocal style. Yeah, yeah. And she's very restrained here where I kept waiting for her to just kind of like bust it out. And she's yeah. like, nope, not that kind of song. I'm like, you can hear these kind of hints that she can do it. And she's like, no. Nope, listen to the song. There's a wisdom there that I think is beyond her mm. recently college graduated years. Yeah, she sounds like she's been through been through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, continuing through it, Matt. What continuing you got next? through it. Let's wow. get it. All right, good transition. Another recent graduate. We got a Brooklyn-based artist. She goes by Novelty Daughter. This is a song called "You Want What I Want." Pretty low SoundCloud, 600, Twitter, 440. It speaks for itself, and then we'll get back into it. So, You Want What I Want by Novelty Daughter. 
So there it is. You want what I want. Novelty daughter. Real name, Faith Harding. Went to Wesleyan, class of 14. Shout out to Wesleyan. Shout out to Wesleyan. Shout out to Wesleyan. For real. She has classical jazz vocalist training. I was gonna ask. I was like, there is a some classical sensibility For real. in that. Yeah, in the intonation, absolutely. Yeah. And she does all the production. So that jazz training on the vocal and then being able to produce a beat like that and then marry the two is just a fascinating sound. I was very impressed by the production. Using a talking drum sample or even a real talking drum is amazing. I mean, that's such a cool sound. And her pairing with the go-go bells, like all of us sitting around the table right now, we're just constantly moving. But we're all nodding. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're all like, nodding. yeah, yeah, I Like, agree. yep, that was, that was true. <laughs> You're right. Right. The go-go bell for me, the only, like how I identify with go-go bells is always um, Jersey club music. I don't know if that's the thing. Like just club music, period. That just got me got me going. Like it's that type of vibe. I kind of yeah. grew up in Jersey for you guys, season two, just tuning in. <laughs> I'm a Jersey kid. So whenever I hear like that tempo and those bells, I automatically just think like Jersey club. Yeah, Bob James samples in yeah. Jersey club. <laughs> That's all I could think of, but I loved it so much. Like, I didn't think that that's what I was going to get, so. That's the thing. That song makes you want to get up and move, but it's also kind of a sad breakup song. You know, I was looking on Twitter, and she released the song, and the tweet that she wrote was like, listen to my new fun, sad song. And that's, like, kind of what it is. It's, like, this, like, song that might be a breakup, but it's got all that energy wrapped up in it, and it's just, like, you want to just get up and, like, move and let out all that energy to experience it. There might be all of this 
emotion wrapped up in it and the way she's expressing it is through that high energy beat. It's interesting because I think that song's a little bit of a choose your own adventure where, you know, I was listening to it and moving and thinking it was kind of like freaky in a fun way. And then occasionally she would do this kind of vocal flourish or something that sort of um, suggested this classical training or these this classical sensibility. And uh, if I didn't want to listen to that and just wanted to hear the fun song, I could absolutely listen to that track and just hear the fun song. Or if I wanted to try and find those layers, I think that there's probably a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I think Choose Your Own Adventure is a great way of putting it, where it, it is so deep. And you could just focus on the production and just move. I mean, I could hear someone even sampling Rashad like that intro with the go-go bells and with the talking drum and turning that into a house beat like oh totally yeah, the vocal training and then the whole composition of the song really separates it from it just being a house yeah song like really if you really listen to it obviously there's could be more layers but the fun part of it is just it being a house song almost it's very creative that was a an extremely creative endeavor. Yeah, I think I talk a lot about instrumentalists taking a jazz philosophy and applying it to other genres. I don't think I've ever heard a really great concrete example of what happens when someone with jazz vocal training takes it to genres outside of jazz and uses it more of a philosophy. So it was really interesting and very educational to hear because I mean, I just don't come across a lot of young jazz vocalists who are under 30 who are not in the genre. It's a jazz mentality, but it's still not like the way she was singing is like how really pedagogical jazz singers sing. It's like with the same inflection and the same intonation. And so to hear that not on top of like a crazy bebop drum beat was awesome. Which I will say, I think that for somebody who is not super, and I speak uh, as somebody who's not super drawn to the kind of jazz vocal stylings, I don't find it super accessible. Um, that is an extremely easy way in that particular track where it's like, yeah, I recognize those as kind of classical jazz vocals, but in a way that is very uh, easy to love. Absolutely. And the tone of the episode almost is like they're training and then applying it to like new new environment really like everybody's song has just been like okay like this person used to do this or they did it sounds like this but really it's this so it's like it's, it's a funny episode I like it I like how we all like are experiencing like new environments with old old aspects season two yeah going in deep season two <laughs> yeah <laughs> Katie what's up alright so we are about to listen to Black Hole by Charlie Bliss it's off their most recent album Guppy which came out earlier this year I want to say March and um, they are a band they were formed in Westport Connecticut but they're kind of a New York band because they started really recording when lead singer Eva Hendricks was at NYU uh, her brother Sam is the drummer yeah I'm really excited so Black Hole she's got her toe in the corner
Yes. See, I actually find it really interesting because they have opened for Veruca Salt. And I think that they are just a direct descendant of that Riot Girl kind of vibe. If I were to completely recast 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a different podcast, but I would have them playing on the roof at the end um, instead of Letters to Cleo. You know what I mean? Like, that's who they are. But that sound can call back to Riot Girl, but it can still be fresh and new and exciting. I think that that's exactly what they are, too. It's really fun, um, high energy. They're a little bit theatrical in this kind of winking way, which you can kind of hear on the record. Yeah. You can give me those guitars and that double vocal and any chorus, and I'm going to be a very, very, very happy camper. Like the first chorus, I just like lost my mind. This is what I want in rock and roll. And it's so clear, I think, also just because I don't know how old they are, but from listening to this, I think that we are not that far apart in age. Eva Hendrix is like 24, 25. Okay, so yeah, so product of a lot of 2000s rock music. This will always have a great soft spot to me, where if you if you give me that, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be content. I'm going to think back to simpler times. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. So like shouts to them for nailing that. That's dance around your apartment by yourself music. Totally. And it's sharp and the lyrics are there and cut. The whole structure where it kind of builds and then cuts out and lets her sing and like lets the lyrics breathe and then builds more works so well for what they're going for because the lyrics hit so hard every time. And you just want to sing along. I didn't necessarily like grow up listening to this kind of music. Yeah. But in reality, it's like this is like the foundation for a lot of shit. And it's like in reality, the way that rock and roll is right now, like this is the type of music that it needs to continue to stay alive. Absolutely. In reality. When I listen to music in this genre, I really listen to it like for aesthetic. A lot of things people pull from this music is like still being used across genres and it's like these people have to continue to make this same kind of music or else the other genres will not be able to pick from it like you know what i'm saying obviously the style that like a little uzi or anybody else is like picking from this will influence the next wave right this is like the next wave across like rock and roll hip-hop it's beautiful though it's like a, a new thing it's like a new old thing again it's just so purely cathartic. That's the best way I could put it is I just like feel like my soul getting ripped out <laughs> in the best way. And then when that, just when that chorus hits, it's just like, that's it. That's how I want to feel all the time when I'm listening to music. I want to feel how I felt during that chorus. It's a quietly perfect song, I think. And it's one of those songs where part of me is like, I wish it went on for another minute. But the other part of me is like, yeah, but then it wouldn't be perfect. Because a perfect song is one where you're like, I want that feeling to last so long. I will also say, I just want to put this out into the universe. I would like Rivers Cuomo to produce the next Charlie Bliss. Oh, that is a great call. I would really, really like that that to happen. I'm just putting that out in the ether. I mean, they're on Barsuck. I think that they're doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, if Barsuck's willing to drop like a hundred grand on the next Charlie Bliss album, <laughs> that's what that song deserves. Let's that tweet song at him. deserves a hundred grand into the next album's production. There it is. Rivers, if you're listening. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Get on this. Fuck with it. Yeah, what else do you fuck with, Rashad? All right, what else do I fuck with? Uh, my boy, Duzzo Dave. Shout out to Dave right here sitting next to me. Uh, <laughs> but Duzzo Dave is from Connecticut, and he has a track for us today called My Mama Got a Benzo. So we're going to talk about it after. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
pull up inside your crib and give your food to you. I hope you like that shit. I hope you good and what you doing? Where's my tip? I'm courteous. I never flip. I always got a smile on. I said a few words that I didn't mean to hurt the dial tone. Got it from you. Got it from you. Got it from you. Yes, I do. My ego getting in the way right when I know I'm wrong. Turning 23 in September, but yo, I'm no LeBron. She floating on my boneless arm. I don't lift no weights. All I do is put my pen to pad, but take no breaks. Don't make mistakes. I'm flawless like Beyonce. Don't care what you say. I woke up like this. Went to bathroom, water on my face. I woke up like this. Didn't shower, but I seized the day. Some fucking hater, he was in my way. I did not say hey. I just picked up my feet. was right on my street I guess I can't make music with my address on my title ever since I made that song they always bought my crib I'm tight I'm gonna fight they think I'm idle but they just keep tiptoeing like a ballet recital I'ma just keep drinking guado like my uncle John idol and go back to my establishment go to my room say I'ma work and I procrastinate say I'ma write this song I fuck around and masturbate shit at least I'm passionate. My mama got a Benzo. A Benzo. Oh my God, wow. <laughs> my car was made four years ago. Four years ago, holy shit. Oh my God, wow. I got 10K plays on my new song. My new song, oh yeah. Oh my God, wow. But I don't got no friends though. I don't got no friends though. Oh my God, wow. Yeah, I got my phone in my hand. What you mean I had a long day? Nowhere to find you get your shoes and your jacket, all that shit I'd rather not say. Cause you gon' rob me. Get up out my face, I want my prize, yo. Yeah. Went up to the place to get my prize, yo. Yeah. They ain't have it for me in my size, though. Damn. They ain't have it for me, so I cry. <laughs> We're back. Yo, I'm gonna put it in context, I guess. So he dropped this like six days ago. We're hot on the presses hey. right now. Um, the new it was his birthday. So happy birthday, my boy. And you have an only line, and we're currently recording it only. Not in this song, but we know you know about only. Dezo, so. if you're listening. Dezo, if you're listening. Come to the shop. We got you. We know you're from Connecticut, but I know you're in New York. So whenever you're in New York, like, come through. We got you. What really got me, like, drawn to this song, I guess, was he also has this flow that a lot of, like, people from not major cities have in a way like he all right let's talk about like people from like non non-major cities in terms of hip-hop always like seem his to flow be, you can't just pin down as like oh it's from here yeah like it's not a it's not a geographical flow right and that's really what drew me to it but it's like it's it, it's funny because the people who don't have geographical flows honestly kind of like almost rap alike like they all have this certain like edge on them there's like i have to sing and rap and like do a lot but so not that everybody has it 
not everybody has it. So it's like I was really drawn to it because I was like, yo, like this kid is like trying. Like he's really out here trying to do something from a small city as a rapper. And he's Colombian, 25. It's not really many Spanish uh, rappers, especially rapping like this. I just love it, man. I love anybody that's being innovative, and especially coming from like a small, small demographic. And that's why I just had to put my support behind yeah. it, honestly. I mean, honestly, I was asking you, like, if you know who produced it, because that production hits me just with the old hip hop sound with that muted soul sample. And, you know, it could be Ninth Wonder. It could be No Idea. It, it's like one of those, it's those sample based producers that create a sound like that. And he floats on it super well. It really grabs me when he starts to get playful with it. It's like comedic almost. Yeah. It's like he's having fun. He's not like stressing the fact that he's like in Connecticut. It's like, no, no it's like, fun. I'm fun. I'm having fun. Like, I love to make music like I'm out here like oh my god wow yeah that's which what is I'm like saying. a playful he can like jump around on the beat and not have to stick to one style that is a talent in hip hop that is increasingly valuable these days it's increasingly valuable especially because of what I'm saying too like a lot of people from these small towns feel like they have to do that like they have to show dexterity or they will not get recognized. It's very confident also yeah. in that way to hop around on the beat. It shows you know what you're doing. Yeah. Dave, what you got? You like over there waiting. I mean, I, I wasn't waiting. I, I kind of wanted to hear where everyone else was waiting in on it. I wasn't super sure why you had picked this at first. I didn't realize he was from Connecticut. The combination of him being from not a major city, which is always super intriguing to me in hip hop, and also what you guys are saying, how there's a sense where he can go back and forth between straight rapping and also doing the sing-along thing is very intriguing. And to me, that speaks volumes to the level of influence that rappers who are doing that now are having on the next generation. I was never really sure if that was going to be a thing that was going to stick or not. This Does a Dave track shows that that is the trend of the future. Yeah, that's true. I agree. That's kind of like falling in line with what I'm saying. Like he's just going to find his niche and there's, there's a lot of other rappers that are like trying to pave this wave. There's the voice. It's like these guys are living the same life as anybody else is living. So it's like you have the voice. They need a voice and it's, yeah, that's it for me. Like, Dezo Dave. Dezo Dave, thanks. Look forward to seeing you soon at the shop. Yo, come through the shop. Yeah, um, Connecticut's not that far. For Met real. Metro North, man. So now we got the not nine seven Dave. What you got for us? Dave Jones, bring it back in time one more time. Closing it out, back in time, also to the 70s, but a more polished 70s sound, LA native Gavin Turek. She's been around. She's been in the press for a minute now. Just released a new song called Birdie Bees, which I identify with a lot. And I'm very excited to talk about why after the jump. Like I said, she's an LA native who spent time in her formative years in Ghana and India studying dance, actually. Through her more recent spate of success after dropping an EP, she's gotten up to almost 6,000 Twitter followers. And this song, Birdie Bees, has accumulated 3,300 SoundCloud streams in four days. Once again, the artist Gavin and Turek, the song Birdie Bees.
Talk that talk, Dave. Gavin Turek. From the top of that song, I was in. And I think I've been a fan of Gavin Turk's for a little bit now, for about six months, I guess now. To me, this song in particular is what really like locked me in. It's like, okay, I want to listen to every release as soon as it comes out. Those drums and when those guitars kind of lock in together, I just like get this instant stank face where I'm just in the groove. Like I just feel like it's like enveloping and around me and it's fun. It's just, it's just fun and matched with her voice and, and how much control she has. That voice fits over that production so seamlessly and so naturally that I, I just get excited. I just, I just feel passionate about it. Yeah. What got me is like that little flow that yeah, of course there. Yeah, that I love that. And then I like did some stalking. She's like fully embraced like her Pam Greer inside of her. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's like oh, yeah. full-blown disco, and I love it. Like, it's perfect for the sound. It's perfect for what she's going for. I like when people have the full package. You guys know me. Like, I'm a full branding guy and a guy. Like, if you got, like, the whole image, your 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 beat selection, your, your just straight art, period. If it's, like, all intact, then I'm, like, all in, and this is how I feel like she is. Like, she knows what she's going for, and she's not playing around. It's got, like, a throwback sound, but it's so hyper-modern. Yeah. yeah, you know that flow she has on the uh, chorus. I've never really heard anything like that. Yeah, I mean that's what's cool about it—the being able to reach far back in a sound, but not afraid to move forward and push that convention to modernize it. It makes it fresh, it makes it new, and it makes it captivating. And yeah. this Gavin Turk song, I think, does that, where it feels so disco, but it negates all the cheesiness that one associates with that genre. It understands what didn't work, it evolves past it. It yeah. doesn't feel retro at all. It nah. really doesn't. Right. Nah. Right. Only way it would feel retro is if you really, like, were going to look at her, like, press photos and, like, yeah, she, like, Afro goes for yeah, but other than that, nah, you would never even know. And it's the beauty of like just being conscious in this like our age group. We like understand like what has actually pushed us this far, but we don't like just stay in that box. We just kind of take from it what we need and move on. Like that's really what everybody in this whole show has been doing. Like just taking what they need from this genre or from that era and just like moving it on. Like I feel like future could be on that song and like some <laughs> yeah. disco star at the same time yeah. like yeah. that's not normal she is a force star yeah. quality come to only two if you want to there it is there it is episode one Did episode season one. two season two let's go around we started with big one by madeline kenny then we went to being nothing out in boston bad history month we brought it to danny dwyer with what you want then ice cream and cigarettes million miles Brought it back to Brooklyn Novelty Daughter with You Want What I Want. Then Black Hole by Charlie Bliss. Mama Got a New Benzo, Dozo Dave out in Connecticut. Ending it strong with Gavin Turek, Birdie Bees. There it is. There it is. There it is. Season two. Yeah, Katie, thank you so much for your thank time, you. for your expertise, for your picks, for your taste. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been extremely fun. Can you right now on the record declare us a sex positive podcast? I would definitely declare you guys sex positive. Appreciate Appreciate that. I feel Appreciate really that. good branding wise for myself being on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, we also feel really good brand wise having you on this podcast. Awesome. So, you know, yeah. it's symbiotic. Because all we got is 100 <laughs> listens and some stickers. So, yeah. <laughs> shout out to us. <laughs> Feels good to be back. Another one. That's a wrap. We'll be back.